Welcome back to Podcast 85 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Ozbreakers and follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by this season. For the best contests in all of sports, please visit www.thesn.com slash OB. Play for thousands of dollars with thousands of people across the country. If you'd like to support The Ozbreakers and benefit from our premium place, please visit theosbreakers.com. Click shop and become a member. Pick any of our winning cappers to get the premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit theosbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. Another weekend of football has passed, my friends. Not so good for me. I had my worst weekend in college football going 5-10. and 10. And in the NFL, I was... Kind of close to even. Now, if the Baltimore Ravens did not choke <laughs> and blow that game, I, it costed me two bets because I had the Ravens minus six with some good line value as well as Ravens in a money line parlay that was going to pay plus 200 with the Minnesota Vikings. So wasn't too happy with that performance, and I just cannot understand what this team is doing. But here we are. Uh, ready to build up for this week. And we already attacked some early lines and have a little bit of line value as well. And I'm getting very excited for the next coming weeks because Thanksgiving's coming up. And uh, we love Thanksgiving, all football, and uh, a lot of relaxing, a lot of chilling with the family, not working too hard. (laughs) Some people have to travel and see family, and some people aren't always excited about that. But hey, you know, the one thing that would keep us together during these family outings is uh, football and sports betting, because then you get to talk about it and uh, you don't have to sit there looking awkward on the couch with nothing to say. So there you go. <laughs> That's what I plan on doing anyway. And this weekend coming up, we definitely have a lot of football and we have some college basketball because that started last week and we are already off to a great start here at the Odds Breakers. So very excited for sports here on out. But either way, going to go over a quick recap for you as usual. Not a lot of action again and not a lot of big upsets. As a matter of fact, I feel like uh, the old cliche, it always figures itself out, is kind of coming to fruition. Now a guy like me, I want Washington to be undefeated and lose to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. I want... Georgia to roll the ta- roll the table and have them lose to and one loss Alabama team <laughs> at in the SEC championship. I want either Michigan or Ohio State to win out and one of them stuck with one loss. I want Texas to win out, them stuck with one loss. And I also want smaller schools like Liberty and James Madison to remain undefeated as well because I love chaos and I have always believed that a two or four team playoff is too small for college football and I don't care how bad some of these teams would beat the Liberties out there and the James Madisons out there I still think if you play a full schedule you have earned the opportunity to be in a postseason I've always believed that I don't think anything's going to change my mind in that situation. But what I will say is if my scenario comes to fruition, as well as Florida State running the table, I truly believe that it's going to be a massive amount of chaos this last year for the four-team college football playoff. And that's just going to prove that it needed to be bigger. Does it have to be 12? I don't know. I thought it could have been eight as well, but either way, I'm very excited for the future of college football based on that format. So starting with a quick recap, obviously Michigan took care of business against Penn State. Man, I have a lot to say about James Franklin at Penn State. He couldn't do anything there on offense with this team, with Aller, and it really sucked losing this bet when you had 
this much line value. Uh, Florida State got by Miami, but Miami covered, scored seven points in the fourth quarter to do that. So good for Miami for covering. Uh, Florida State finally stepped up in class a little bit. You know, they've had a pretty easy schedule so far in the ACC. They almost dropped it to Clemson. Clemson more blew that game, but they're a little bit suspect as well coming into the big dance. Uh, Washington with a massive bad beat. Of course, I was on the wrong side of that, hurting my weekend. We'll get into that a little bit as well. And uh, USC covering at Oregon as a double-digit dog was also very interesting for the week as well. Uh, TCU, how about 20 points scored in the fourth quarter to give Texas a scare? I mean, Texas is up by 26 points, 26 to 6, and then TCU scores 20 in the fourth quarter. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Really weird situation. Texas has kind of been sloughing off against teams like TCU and Houston uh, at the end of games. It's kind of like they're going into protect mode, which they're not really protecting anything a little bit too early. Bama takes care of business at Kentucky very easily. Uh, not so surprised there. I know Kentucky was a side that uh, some sharper people were betting, but uh, didn't really shock me that Alabama took care of business. I actually considered Alabama a little bit later in the week. And then Missouri uh, just eating Tennessee for breakfast, winning by 29 points at home. I respected the money on Tennessee. And even though my numbers had Tennessee as a terrible road team, I laid off and probably left one on the table there. A couple feels good about was the uh, UCF game against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State finally dropped in a terrible letdown spot for them. And UCF, man, that wasn't even a game up 24 to nothing in the first half. You know, that was that was the, one of the easiest bets I've ever made with UCF plus the two and a half plus the three, whatever you guys got. We gave that out on this show. I did not give it out, obviously, on the uh, article for the weekend. Uh, Texas Tech at Kansas, uh, Kansas completely blew that, and I'll get into that a little bit later, and Oklahoma took care of business easily against West Virginia uh, at home. LSU 7-3, and kind of hanging in there, um, you know, beating Florida 52-35, to no surprise there. Uh, LSU is just one of those teams that just couldn't get together based on their defense. If their offense sputters, well, they're going to go to the wayside, and teams like USC has felt that in the past. And I think that teams like Washington could feel that if they face a real offense and a decent defense coming into the postseason, if they make it so far, or at least in their bowl game. We'll see what this what kind of matchups pop up in December. Arizona took care of business at Colorado. Uh, that was a little dicey towards the fourth quarter. Uh, Colorado had a lot going for them that game, and Arizona got by, so good for them. Uh, Rutgers, Iowa was a snoozer as usual, and then Rutgers gets in desperation mode and then really loses the game. I mean, this was a six to nothing game coming into the fourth quarter, and then it became twenty two to nothing. But uh, that's how it is with Iowa. Iowa, with their great defense and their great field position, and then Duke, North Carolina was a barn burner going into overtime, where North Carolina outscored them eleven to nine in overtime and winning that game forty seven to 45 moving into the nfl and wow it was just an absolute weekend of catastrophe where you have the ravens as a big six-point favorite losing outright to cleveland just because that's what the ravens do (laughs) you know they, they they blow the team away then they let them back in the game do the most unexplainable things and I'll have a little bit more to say in the next segment about them as well. Uh, then the bigger thing was the Texans taking out the Bengals, screwing up everyone's survivors. You know, everyone's trying to save Dallas for Thanksgiving week, even though the Lions were there. Well, maybe they used the Lions already on Thanksgiving week. They're saving it for Dallas. And that's just the big mind trip that this circus survivor has using 20 weeks instead of normal 18 like other survivors just absolutely uh tough to to stomach that picking the Bengals in this kind of spot in my opinion I would have never picked the Bengals as a matter of fact I had three survivors left in different pools two in one pool one in another I used the Bears and uh they took care of business on Thursday hell I heard one guy used all 10 of his entries in Circa on the Bears so that must have been a little dicey once they got down and then I uh played the Cowboys in one 
which was the no-brainer, and I didn't have the Cowboys left in the other one, I probably would have played them, but I played the Raiders in the other one because that's how I felt about the Raiders against the Jets. I really believe that it was more of a, a, a continuation of playing well with the new coach. Usually the new coach has that one-up game, and then they lose the rest, but this is how bad that they didn't like Josh McDaniels there. So uh, Survivor went well for me, but I can see how bad it went for people just because of those rules. I mean, if I was if I wanted to save Dallas or De- or Detroit and I didn't have them both for Thanksgiving, um, I probably would have went with the Bears or the Raiders because I could have went with Baltimore as well, but I didn't. And just because in the division game, I didn't trust it. The Raiders were not playing a division game they were playing at home, and the Bears were playing the worst team in the league, slightly worse than them, at home in a big get-back-up spot as well. So it doesn't have to be based on point spreads how you look at some of these things. Now, I did lose a bet on the Ravens, and we'll get into that in this segment. The good, the bad, and the ugly of the weekend. All right, starting with the good. College hoops being back. And man, was that a great night of of college hoops on Friday. Arizona-Duke was just a phenomenal game. I enjoyed every single part of it. Watching Maryland play Davidson was really good as well. I had that on the other TV. Um, But Gonzaga was playing, and they, they had it tough in the beginning, but they took care of business. BYU beat San Diego State right off the bat at home. It was just a wonderful weekend of college hoops as well. I went, well, I wouldn't say the weekend, but the Friday was. But college hoops is back, and there's going to be some big games sprinkled in all through the month of November and December here. And then, uh, obviously, conference play happens when we really, really dig in. Uh, not saying that I'm not dug in now, but I'm talking about the general public digs in a lot more come January, February. Uh, good, UNLV. Holy cow. I'm glad that that line moved. I bet uh, Wyoming plus four and a half, you know, and I was just kind of questioning it this week. And one of those situations where I'm like, you know what? I could be on the wrong side. I'm going to have to stick it out. And then it drops to three while I'm at the grocery store. I'm like, seriously, one of my friends text me, I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm coming back harder on UNLV at the three. Tried for that little middle, but was really happy that UNLV uh, destroyed them afterwards. And and does UNLV look good uh, right now? And they've been covering all year, if you haven't heard. James Madison hoops beating Michigan State this week and Kent State. You know, how do you like James Madison as a university right now? Just kicking people's ass, being better than pretty much the whole ACC minus Clemson and Florida State. You know, I'd take them against Louisville. You know, right now I would. I, I think I might have them like a point or something better. I don't know. But, uh, you know, that's probably the third best is Louisville and then North Carolina. And James Madison just looks awesome right now. Uh, Michigan without Harbaugh. Man, that that was just amazing what they did in all that distraction. I mean, the kids are just good, but I think that was more about the other side. And they'll get to that soon. Uh, San Jose State was good this week and unfortunately I was on the wrong side of that play with Fresno and San Jose State just comes off the bye and just puts their foot down and Fresno must have been tired and their quarterback's kind of been banged up too I guess that was just a bad play another good was Arizona University I mean they're looking great in football with Jed Fish there and they're looking amazing in basketball as usual beating Duke at Cameron indoor you got to give props to the Wildcats bear down uh Missouri just whooping Tennessee's ass. Jesus, you know? I mean, they're kind of making a little bit of a statement that they're a big contender now. Unfortunately, they have the loss to Georgia. That's certainly not going to help them. They aren't making it to the playoffs, but they certainly have a New Year's Six Bowl in sight. And, uh, man, it would be nice to see uh, Missouri become a good football program again. Uh, another good is Georgia. I mean, they just keep keep taking care of business, keep covering spreads, and here they are uh, in position to you know possibly take the third championship in three years, a three-peat. Imagine Georgia three-peating in college. It's almost unheard of. Uh, but, yeah, here they are, and they just whoop the crap out of Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss at home. 
Uh, now they get to go to Tennessee, which is a very interesting game coming up this weekend. And finally, Kenny Dillingham beating UCLA without a quarterback, just putting guys in the wildcat position and UCLA just faltering. I, I Kenny Dillingham, holy cow, you're resurrecting that program. How bad was Florida State the first two or Arizona State the first two or three weeks? Freaking horrible. And this is a team that has been seriously trending up. And man, props to the young coach there, Kenny Dillingham. Now for the bad. Carolina against the Chicago Bears on Thursday night. I mean, not only was that a disgusting game to watch, but they lost their first round draft pick to the Bears in the trade. And not only that, they got a quarterback that very well could be a bust in Bryce Young, but they also give up next year's first round pick because that's how bad they were. And that's how bad that trade's looking right now. I mean, that is just ugly for them. The team they traded to beats them and puts them in position for the first pick of the draft. Now, I do think that the Giants and the Patriots are certainly going to make a fight for that first pick as well because they absolutely suck themselves. But uh, either way, Carolina looking bad so far. I think they might get another win or two and might fall down to the second or third pick of the draft, which sucks for the Bears, but you know we'll see what happens. Kansas's field goal was bad. It's like you're at home. There's like a minute 30 to two minutes left. The other team, Texas Tech, has timeouts. It's fourth it down at the two-yard line. You're down by three. You're going to tie it and leave it up to your defense. You know that That's what you're going to do. That's your plan. Leave it up to that awful defense right there. I say just go for the touchdown. You're up by four. Forces them to go the full length of the field, which they did anyway. There's no field goal to tie it. And you just blew that game. Um, it's it's. I love Lance Leopold. Don't get me wrong, but that was one of his not so great moments. Another bad is Vanderbilt. I mean, I think they completely given up on football. Uh, they're probably just thinking about the finals now. But losing the way they have been by forty one points at South Carolina, which is probably the second worst SEC team, is absolutely freaking pathetic. Just pathetic, man. You know, what the hell is that? So not understanding why these this team just can't get it together in football when you're in the SEC. They, they should be able to get somebody over there. Jeez, I mean, Northwestern does in the Big Ten. They've, they've made a few Big Ten championship games recently. God, Vanderbilt. All right, uh, Penn State and that offense. Holy cow. Is that bad? And Aller looked terrible. But they're good when they play bad teams and they bully them, but they're bad when they step up in competition, you know. But, geez, James Franklin, you're bad. One for 15 against top five opponents over your career, and you just got paid millions of dollars? One win, 15 losses? That is absolutely pathetic. And not only that, it was like a one-score game in the third. You punted it in the middle of the field on fourth and one. And then later with six minutes left, you're down to score. And then you go for fourth and six. Then they score. <laughs> you give up the complete uh, cover, any chance of covering to your alumni that you seem to care about so much, being that you try to cover every single game. Just an awful look for Penn State. And my line value was bad as well because, man, I had plus seven on that baby from Sunday. Goes all the way down to plus four. Michigan distractions everywhere, and you completely shit the bed. Uh, Mississippi football, that's looking bad lately. And I guess Ole Miss is not that bad, but, man, Mississippi State, that team is bad, and they just got their butts whooped from Texas A&M. And, by the way, Texas A&M, breaking news just came across recently. Jimbo Fisher fired. How bad is it that Texas A&M owes him $75 million bucks? You know, firing him and owing $75 million. You know, what do you, I, you just print money over there? Who the hell are these boosters? Is Elon Musk a, bo a booster there or something? Did he go to Texas A&M? I have no idea where they're getting all this money. But Jesus, man, hire me. I'll, I'll be as bad as Jimbo Fisher, and you can pay me off too. Uh, <laughs> ugly. Time for the ugly. 
Michigan State losing to James Madison is ugly. I mean, that give, give James Madison the credit on the good, but Jesus, Michigan State, top 14 pre-ranked, and you lose to James Madison your very first game. Pathetic. Sadly, another ugly is Wisconsin's football and basketball. You score three points against Northwestern, against the freaking Wildcats at home. Little did I know, Northwestern's quarterback used to play for Coach Fickle, so that was part of the handicap that wasn't obvious to me. Certainly would have made me think more Northwestern instead of live on Wisconsin when I found out uh, their quarterback and Braden Allen was back at running back. But, man, Wisconsin football and then losing to Tennessee on that Friday night in basketball was bad. And uh, this program used to have either football was really good or basketball was really good, and sometimes they both were good. Now they both suck. They better switch things around here over at Wisconsin. And I'm going to give Fickle time. I'm not going to overreact, but it just sucks to see them bad right now. Arkansas football. That's bad. Jesus, Arkansas. I mean, what kind of excuse do you have this year? You know, I mean, you're worse than Texas A&M. You know, you lost to them by, what, 12 points? And then ever since, Jesus, ever since week two, you lost every single game except for one at Florida. You know, losing to Auburn at home, 10 to 14. Holy cow, is that bad? Another bad game I was involved with, Washington's bad beat. I mean, that Tuiapatolo dude, first interception of his career, he's a fifth-year senior, runs it all the way back and just mental breakdown, dropped the ball two yards before the end zone. Why do people do that? What, what's in their skull saying to just drop the ball and start celebrating when you're not even scoring a touchdown? I, I'll never understand that. There's some sort of psychiatric study that needs to be done about that because we've seen this before it makes absolutely no sense but it what it did was it screwed the cover for washington and then washington driving later first and goal ends up going fourth and goal misses the field goal gets blocked i mean two bad beats in a row in one freaking game unbelievable my washington 8.5 was toast I was the contrary on that one. All the Sharpers were on uh, Utah. San Diego State backdoor on Colorado State. Man, what the heck happened there? Colorado State in full control of that game and gives up two touchdowns in the fourth. Oh, just to lose by a half a point. That was bad for Colorado State backers. Uh, another ugly UCLA losing to ASU. You know, what's going on there, Chip Kelly? I thought your program was kicking ass, and then you lose to a team with a Wildcat offense? Oh, my God. Uh, Of course, going into the NFL, you have to include the Baltimore Ravens in their choke. Just like a bunch of clowns out there. John Harbaugh is the worst good coach in the NFL. And and to be honest with you, there's not a lot of good coaches in the NFL, but I call him the worst good coach because he does this crap all the time. What is Lamar Jackson doing over there up 24 to 9 in the fourth quarter, just running around and dancing with the ball and throwing interceptions, getting sacked when you should be running the ball? And I don't care if Cleveland expects it. Run the ball and play defense when you have a two-score lead like that, you know? And then the next possession... After giving up the touchdown, they throw the pick six. It makes no sense, and they lose the game because of it. You know, lose the freaking game. Couldn't even get in the field goal territory with the ball. I mean, just an absolute ultimate choke on the Ravens, and that's what they do. This is the third time they did this this year. You know, it's hard to bet on these clowns. Jesus, uh, uh, the Packers, another bad beat I was on for that stinking extra point. When you have line value at plus three and a half the whole week, the thing's at plus three and a half for a while, and then it's dead at three for the rest of the week. You're happy about your line value. They missed a freaking extra point, and that's just how it went. They drove twice through an interception in the end zone, drove another time, I think, and uh, somehow crapped out. I don't know if there was a missed field goal or what, but that's how bad it was 
for that choke on the Packers. And once again, going back to the Steelers, them getting through by getting outgained again. They're getting outgained in all of these wins. It is just improbable how they're winning games. You know, against all logical reasoning. Uh, just blowing my mind. Um, Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith looks like he should be podcasting on Barstool Sports or something. You know? I mean, the dude is absolutely clueless when it comes to like the ins and outs of this game. And he just looks like a complete dunce out there with that cheesy ass mustache. Jesus, Arthur Smith, you play the worst team with they get their quarterback back and you lose the week before in that fashion. And this is the effort you show. I know you lost Heineke, but Desmond Ritter did score you a touchdown at the end. You, You missed a two point conversion on a boneheaded play, but then you let him drive down the field in a few seconds, and uh, that's history. You lost the game at the Cardinals. Man, Arthur Smith, Jesus. Resign now and become a podcaster at Barstool. Hell, I'll come join you. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. All right. Now it's time for a little college football. Week 11 misleading final scores. And Buffalo outgained Ohio 295 to 236. He had lost 20 to 10, a 1 to 0 turnover ratio, and horrible red zone got the Bulls. Tulsa outgained Tulane 477 to 357. He had lost 24 to 22, equal turnovers at 1, but bad special teams and poor red zone got Tulsa. Wisconsin outgained Northwestern 341 to 324. He had lost 24 to 10. A 1-0 to turnover ratio and bad drops from wide receivers killed the Badgers. Uh, Louisiana Tech outgained Sam Houston State 501-413, to yet lost 42-27. to A 4-0 turnover ratio smoked the Bulldogs. Western Kentucky outgained New Mexico State 437-357, yet lost 38-29. A 1-0 turnover ratio and poor red zone killed the Hilltoppers. Washington State outgained Cal. 483 to 327 yet lost 42 to 39 a 4 to 2 turnover ratio did in the Cougs and George Southern outgained Marshall 384 to 370 yet lost 38 to 33 they won the turnover battle 2 to 0 yet bad red zone and special teams killed the Eagles key injuries quarterback Emory Williams from Miami carted off the field and out Tyler Van Dyke's going to start I think Williams needs surgery uh, quarterback uh, Maddox Madsen for Boise State is out now but they do have two quarterbacks there. Quarterback Fresno State, Mikey Keene, had a concussion. is week to week. He might start this week, but I don't know. Running back John Emery from LSU is done for the season. Quarterback Heinrich Harburg from Nebraska is dealing with an ankle sprain. Uh, And Zach Larrier, the quarterback from Air Force, suffered a first-quarter injury, possibly the reason that they lost to disgusting Hawaii. I should have put that in my bad for the week college football week 12 betting spots letdown spots missouri could let down some versus florida after beating tennessee san jose state could let down versus san diego state after beating fresno straight up uh northwestern could let down hosting purdue after beating wisconsin michigan at maryland after beating penn state um it's yeah it's just kind of a flat spot possibly for michigan um get up spots any team with four or five wins to become bull eligible is a little dangerous. Um, doesn't mean they're a good team and they're going to win, but just kind of throwing that out there. Uh, Western Kentucky versus Sam Houston after losing to New Mexico State is a get-up spot. Uh, Oklahoma State at Houston after losing to UCF is a must-win to stay in contention for the Big 12 title game. Uh, Penn State will take out their frustrations on Rutgers, no doubt. And Iowa could clinch the Big Ten West with a win versus Illinois. So that's a big get-up spot for Iowa. Look-ahead spots. Texas looking past Iowa State to Texas Tech is possible. Michigan looking past Maryland to Ohio State is possible but not likely. Ohio State looking past Minnesota to Michigan is also possible. Now, you're going to have like rivalry week in two weeks here. So the look-ahead spots are interesting. I don't factor them in as much as letdown spots. But just kind of keep that in mind. Um, if you're a team that you're already in a bowl game, you have six or seven wins, maybe you're kind of focused in on the next game. Now, unfortunately, a lot of these situations, the teams lost, like Kentucky lost, so they're not looking ahead to Louisville necessarily. But, um, you know, they're, and Louisville's got a big game against Miami, and they're in, they could 
be in the ACC championship game. So that's not a look ahead spot for them, really. But uh, just kind of keep that in mind for some of the smaller teams out there. Let's move on to NFL Week 10 misleading final scores. The Jets outgained the Raiders 365 to 274, yet lost 16 to 12. They won the turnover battle 2 to 1, but eight penalties in poor red zone got the Jets. The Packers outgained the Steelers 399 to 324, yet lost 23 to 19. A 2 to 0 turnover ratio and bad special teams got the Packers. And the Patriots outgained the Colts 340 to 264, yet lost 10 to 6. A 2 to 1 turnover ratio and poor red zone got the Patriots. NFL Week 11 betting spots, let down spots. The Brown could let the Browns could let down some hosting the Steelers after beating the Ravens. I mean, they're in contention, of course, of that division, so they shouldn't be, but it was a big win for them. The Raiders could choke at the Dolphins after beating the Jets. This could be just a massive flat spot where they kind of try a little bit, get their butts beat, and let the Dolphins just eat them alive. Uh, the Texans hosting the Cardinals is one after beating the Bengals. It's a letdown spot. Get-up spots. The Eagles might want to win their Super Bowl rematch more than the Chiefs this weekend, so that's a big get-up spot for the Eagles and the Bills. Need to keep winning, hosting the Jets. Maybe get some revenge as well. So the Bills better get up. And I know they're playing tonight on Monday Night Football. Look ahead spots. The Raiders looking past the Dolphins to the Chiefs is possible. And Houston looking past Arizona to Jacksonville is real. Now, for your college football week 12 free play. And man, is there a lot of ugliness out there right now in college football land. But we're going to go with a team that's just been covering like champs, and I'm not even sure if they're valued enough. Uh, I, I'm going with UNLV Rebels at Air Force, and you can get a three and a half now. I like it down to three. Uh, the total is 47. Air Force, like I said in the last segment, is injured. Their quarterback's injured. That seriously worries me. Um, I'm just going to go back to Air Force and kind of look at the stats here. Uh, this quarterback played most of the time. I mean, a lot of times they switch off, but Zach Larrier was their number two rusher. Their next was Jensen Jones uh, way back there at like number six rusher, you know? So he went in sometimes, but Larrier was their guy. And all their passing really came from Larrier, you know, uh, 10 attempts for uh, or 62 attempts for 744 yards. And Jensen Jones only has nine attempts for 125 yards probably more in garbage time but no this is a a big issue for air force and possibly the reason that they lost at hawaii now they can probably get it together somewhat here against unlv but unlv has just been a force and what i like about unlv is they're only allowing 3.69 rushing yards per attempt now unlv hasn't had the greatest schedule you know they at least went to michigan they played utep hawaii nevada colorado state fresno state new mexico wyoming but air force their schedule is even worse. There is no Power 5 teams on there. Sam Houston, Robert Morris, Utah State, San Jose State, San Diego State, Wyoming, Navy, Colorado State, and then losing the Army in Hawaii. I like uh, UNLV to keep it going here and possibly get this win. Air Force is in some serious trouble now, and this is to represent the uh, Mountain West You know, in this, in this situation. You know, I think these two teams could be even facing each other later that Boise State dropped three games. But uh, this is a massive game here in the Mountain West, and I think UNLV wins it. I think they win outright. We're going to take them. Go ahead and take them at the three and a half. I'd like it down to three if you have to. Shopping around, take it for 2.5 stars. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? All right. Now it's time for your little fantasy football week 11. With our guy, D-Nasty. All right, now we're back for some fantasy football. Week 11, we have our guy, D-Nasty, back. Dave, how you doing? Good. Uh, I was a little depressed after that Packer game. I thought they were going to pull it out there at the end, but uh, they just couldn't do it at the end. Uh, Christian Watson, again, chokes in the last couple minutes when they do try to throw it to him. He doesn't make the catch, so he's definitely not a lead receiver anymore. I think definitely get him on your bench now these days. Uh, I don't even think you could start him anymore. I mean, even against a, t- a bad defense like the Steelers, it was... Oh, exactly, yeah. You did move the ball. It's just at the end, you couldn't punch it in, and 
he was just he was just you know thrown into some coverage and there's just I, I don't think I'm not sure if Love checked down enough really, but I didn't think Lafleur was all that bad. But man, he's I'm feeling like maybe he is. I don't know. Just kind of seems strange. Yeah, well, I think we just can't we can't force it to Watson in those situations too. I think we got to go to Dobbs or Reed. Reed looked really good the whole game. He looked strong and like and Wicks looks good now too. Wick looked good, so I think they just got to give it to those other guys and just say screw Watson. I hate to say it, but you just can't force it to him at the end. He's, he definitely can't make the plays. He's choked twice in two games now. So uh, we just well, there you go, man. It's now you now you know how it feels, my friend. Now you know how it feels. <laughs> I, do. <laughs> I do. Oh, hopefully you can get a few more years like this. Uh, well, anyways, we have some bye weeks, Dave. What do we got going on for fantasy football bye weeks? All right, bye for week eleven. Uh, some t- four teams on bye this week. Uh, not as bad as last last week, where we had a lot of top tier players on bye. Uh, but you're still going to get hurt by a few of the buys this week. Uh, first one we have is the Falcons. Uh, you're probably not starting either one of the quarterbacks, but definitely Bijan Robinson is definitely one. Drake London is probably borderline starter for some people. Kyle Pitts probably as well. Uh, those are going to be the main guys. Maybe you're starting Henneke or Ryder this week. Uh, we'll get into the injury with Henneke this week, but uh, Ryder might have been a streamer this week with him being the only healthy quarterback there now. But uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, they are all on by, so you get them on your bench. The Colts. Uh, Garden Minshew, uh, Jonathan Taylor, who's actually come on, scored twice, two TDs over the last two weeks, and t- touched on each week. Uh, Colts continue to win. Uh, they're ugly wins, but they continue to win. Uh, Michael Pittman, uh, Josh Downs, those will be the receivers. Uh, really no tight ends that you, I don't think you'd be starting on that team right now. Uh, Patriots, uh, what a mess. Demario Douglas, he's their best receiver probably right now. You borderline starter, you're probably not even starting him. Mac Jones. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people are starting him. The only guy out in the Patriots really probably we're starting right now is Hunter Henry or Ahmad Stevenson. Uh, Stevenson's probably the main guy on the Patriots right now. Uh, the Saints, uh, actually, then they have quite a few. Chris Olave, uh, Alvin Kamara, that's going to be a big one. Uh, Derek Carr, who did get, get a little banged up. We'll talk about that here shortly. Uh, and then that's about it on them. Michael Thomas, borderline starter again. Uh, he's injury prone. He hasn't had really that great. We'll take some hill a little bit too. Yeah. Take some hill too. Yeah. He's a little gadget player. So maybe you're starting him at tight end or two quarterback leagues. Maybe in a, you're starting him as well. So, uh, but yeah, those would be, be, be the main guys that you want to get on your benches for the buys this week. Yep. I agree. Let's uh, go to key injuries. I only really have four of them, Dave, and there's a few more probably, but I mean, the four main ones I have is Heineke. He hurt his hammy, and you're right. It's going to be a little bit of a quarterback controversy between him and Ritter anyway. I think Ritter scored that last touchdown. Too bad he couldn't get the two-point conversion because that's what lost him the game. But either way, Alexander Madison got a concussion. He'll probably miss this week. Uh, so uh, he, you got to pick up some waivers for him. Um, Derek Carr, shoulder and concussion. He's definitely going to miss next week. I think it's Winston for sure coming in next week. And then uh, Baker Mayfield hurt his thumb, and it's kind of day-to-day, Dave. Um, but, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of time to look any deeper. W- what else is going on? Anything? No. Uh, Hawkinson did play this week. He was questionable. Uh, so he he's actually was back this week. Other than that, there's really I didn't really have many injuries out there either as well. So it was a pretty uh, slow week on that front, and actually a good week because we don't want to have all those players injured. So right. uh, it was actually a good week uh, injury-wise, though, for most teams. I'll take it. Well, let's move into our waiver wire, Dave. Who are we picking up? All right, great. Uh, well, the first guy on my list is going to be, be no surprise, Josh Dobbs. He's actually shined as the start of the last two weeks uh, as he's thrust in the last game, and now actually he got the, the time to actually have practice and then play this week. 23 of 34, 260 yards. 68 yards and a touchdown, and he rushed for 44 yards and a rushing touchdown. So uh, he's definitely looking good. Uh, I think the Vikings are a good fit for him. Uh, he's definitely proven himself as a starter. So definitely take a look at him. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, he, he's a good guy to pick up this week if he is on waivers by chance. He's probably a borderline starter right now. Uh, but he is having a good night tonight, two touchdowns tonight. Uh, and they are being the Bills right now. Uh, so definitely another guy you want to take a look oh, at. Not now. Yeah. Bills just scored, tied it up, twenty-one, twenty-one. About to kick an extra point. Now here we go. Josh Allen was it? Josh Allen? Yeah, Josh Allen ran it in. Nice. That's what, that's what I needed. I'm down a couple points in one of my leagues. So I like that. 
Plus, uh, just pouring on more points against you in uh, one of our leagues, yeah. too. So Yeah, I, yeah, I beat you last more. week, and then you got me this week. So there you go. Two leagues <laughs> this week, I got you. Yeah. I, had a, <laughs> I, I, I unfortunately had car starting in one of them through the buys and badgent in another, so that didn't work out well. Uh, that's how it go, goes sometimes. But Devin Singletary, uh, monster week, one of his best weeks this year, 26 Rushing yards, two, well, he actually had over 150 yards, rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown on 30 carries. Uh, he looked good. The Houston Texans look good. They're just my surprise team of the year. I definitely like them. C.J. Stroud has looked good. Was Pierce uh, hurt? Pierce was out. So Yeah. He was out again, actually. So that's another injury you want to keep an eye on. So Pierce, uh, Damian Pierce was out with an ankle injury. So keep an eye on that for this week because if he is out – Devin Singletary was a beast this past week, and Houston ran him uh, as much as they could with 30 carries. So definitely we pick him up if he's out there. Alexander Madison's injury, we're picking up Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler came in and actually played well uh, for Alexander Madison. So definitely pick him up and start him this week if you need a running back, or one of your running backs run by. Definitely to replace Bijan Robinson. Uh, Keenan Mitchell, I'm not going to go into too much on him, but he actually looked good again this week. Uh, he had the breakout performance a couple weeks ago. We talked about him last week. So uh, definitely if he's still out there. Uh, another surprise guy on my list, Rico Dualde for the Cowboys. He had his best game of the season. Uh, he got a little more playing time in the fourth quarter, and he got to record 79 rushing yards and rushing touchdown on 12 carries. Uh, he, may, he remains fairly behind Tony Pollard, but – uh, if the Cowboys do blow out some people or do get ahead some games this year, you might see him more, and he might get some more carries as the game went on because he did actually get some carries earlier in the game before they were even blowing them out, So, which is interesting as well. So uh, definitely keep an eye on him. Uh, another guy that I do really like, Demario Douglas. He's actually come on for the Patriots. He's their number one guy now by far. Uh, he's registered an 85% route comp- participation so he's definitely getting the, the targets and the route he's running the most routes on the team uh he had six catches on nine targets for 84 yards so well, that's what happened when you lose all your wide receivers <laughs> yeah. but they liked him at the beginning of the year even so he's one of those up and coming the young receivers that they really like another guy team i want to keep an eye on billy zappy uh mac jones is on the hot seat he came in at the end so yeah we'll see how long they stick with mac jones this year so we'll see about that actually. he threw a pick too but- at the end I know. At least but. he was in desperation mode. Mac Jones threw that exactly, ugly thing, exactly. that floater through the middle. That could have won the game. You just throw a floater and like second down through the middle. What the hell are you doing, Mac Jones? That was I bad. know. Yeah. That was. And, and I hate the quarterbacks throw those floaters up there. You got to like put some zing on. You got to get that ball out there. You can't just let, lob it up there, especially in the NFL. Guys are going to pick that off. Uh, but with Nico Collins, though, another guy that we, I, we, I think Kiev actually touched on this guy last week, and I touched on him a little bit too, Noah Brown. Yeah. Another great game for him, actually. Seven of eight targets for 172 yards. Uh, if Nico is out again this week, definitely pick him up and start him. Uh, if Nico is back, he's probably not going to have as big of a game because Tank Dell had a nice game as well. Uh, people are probably pretty much starting him now. Uh, Trey McBride, I think I'm just going to. Mentioned him, but most people probably picked him up after the last couple weeks after his biggest game last week, a couple weeks ago. So, uh, and he had he didn't really have a good week last week, but then he had another monster game this week eight of nine targets for 131 yards. So, if he is possibly out there by some chance, definitely pick him up. He's gonna be a top five tight end probably the rest of the year. Wow, top five, you think, huh? Top five, I'd say is is Ertz coming back or no? He's on IR right now, so at least a good four, three, four weeks he'll be out. So, uh, well, another three weeks at least. So, but I don't know. I think McBride actually has that job now. I think if Ertz comes back, he's going to be the second guy there. Wow, he was so good before. Just crazy to think about that. Um, no, I like it. I, I copied a couple of those as well. Uh, I, you know, I have most of the same ones. I, I put Jalen Guyton for the uh, Bolts for the Chargers. You know he did pretty he did pretty good last week and uh, you know with Mike Mike Williams on the shelf and uh, I just feel like some of the other guys Quentin Johnson you know is not really picking it up yet I still have him trending up but Jalen Guyton could be the guy I still would prefer Quentin Johnson but just think about that Brandon Cooks had a monster day for Dallas but you know that was just Dallas has some really easy matchups coming up Carolina this week oh, and yeah. some other ones and. You might see some scrubs get some really good play 
for Dallas, you know, and I, I like that. I totally agree with Devin Singletary, man. Um, Elijah Moore had a really good game for Cleveland, and uh, now it's Sean Watson back. He banged up his ankle, but he, he stayed in the game, so I didn't. He didn't make the injury report, but I like Elijah Moore here coming up. Um, like you said, the rest of the guys you said I agree with as well. I'm going to move to non-starters trending up for Week 11. Uh, running back Jameer Gibbs for the uh, versus the Bears looks like that could be good, especially if they're blowing out the Bears. You know, he's going to get a lot of carries and not just Montgomery. Um, Daryl Henderson versus Seattle might be a hit. Uh, I think he's got a good shot to do something. Uh, running back Antonio Gibson versus the Giants could be nice because this is another situation. The Washington's favored by 10. It's not going to be all Robinson. You're going to see some Antonio Gibson in there as well. He could get the touchdowns for all you know. Um, Josh Kelly, same thing against Green Bay's terrible defense. I could see Josh Kelly whipping it up with Eckler uh, resting a little bit. And Christian and uh, – and I put Christian Watson, and I know you're giving up on him. I'm, I'm not. Gonna, I'm gonna give him one more week, and I think he's got a good matchup versus the Chargers. So I will. I will give you that. Um, but I would also look at starting either Quentin Johnson or Jalen Guyton if you're desperate too. I, I like those guys trending up. Jackson Smith and the Jigga versus Tampa Bay's bad pasty. It could be good this week. Um, I think he's an interesting play, uh, and. Deshaun Watson. Right, the 49ers the, the 49ers oh, you're right. You're, you're right. You're right. I, I, I shouldn't have wrote Tampa. I meant the Rams versus the Rams. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, I just uh, want to make sure. Yep. Thank you for correcting me. I was correct. Uh, he's playing the Rams. I'd like that matchup. Uh, quarterback Deshaun Watson versus Steelers looks really nice this week, especially now that Steelers heard another linebacker in Quan Alexander. So they're really low on linebackers now. And um, I just see – their running backs like Kareem Hunt's going to go off. I wrote Kareem Hunt because he's kind of borderline non-starter, him and Ford. I, I think Kareem Hunt can be played this week, as well as Elijah Moore uh, against the Steelers. So um, uh, there you go. That's Those are my non-starters training up. Dave, who are yours? Uh, I have a lot of the same ones as you, and I do like some of the ones that you said as well. I like the Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Or I'm sorry, Ford and, and- and Hunt one, I like that one a lot. The Cream Hunt one, I like that that matchup for them as well. Definitely, uh, I think I like the Ty Chandler against the Broncos. I don't think the Broncos defense is really that great against the run. Uh, I think Chandler can continue his hot streak after coming in for Madison. Uh, maybe earn himself some more carries going forward. I do like that matchup for him. Uh, I do like 49ers this week against the Bucks. I think uh, McCaffrey. Uh, I think Mo- Mo- not Mustard. Uh, I think. The backup for McCaffrey is going to have a big week against the Buccaneers. I think the 49ers will get up big on the Buccaneers. I think they're going to just crush them. Uh, so I think the backup's going to have a nice day against uh, the Buccaneers this week. I like the Gibson matchup. I like that matchup, actually. I think Jahan Dotson, he kind of cooled off this past week. He didn't have any catches, but I think he comes back around this week against the Giants as well. I think Jahan Dotson has a nice week against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that matchup. Uh, I like the Texans this week against the Cardinals. Cardinals are just horrible team right now with murray back their offense is a lot better but their defense is still not good uh i do like tank dell and noah brown against that poor cardinals defense i like that matchup uh, i do like the packers against the chargers and i like the chargers against the pack uh, both don't have a good passing d's uh i like quinn johnson that's the guy i really like i, I like do like guy too but i think quinn johnson had a touchdown this past week i think he's starting to come on i uh, starting to learn a little bit more as, as a rookie uh, i think he's coming on a little bit now uh, I'm not. I'm not going with Watson. I'm. Just, I'm saying Dobbs and Reed. I like Reed a lot. Uh, Jaden Reed is the guy I like for the Packers now. Uh, I think Reed has a good week against them and and Dobbs against the Chargers. I like that matchup. I like the Gibbs call on your part. Uh, I think once they get up, they're going to try and rest Montgomery with his injuries. I think Gibbs will get a lot of carries. Uh, and then I, I do like the Cowboys this week. I, I like I was talking about before. I like Rico uh, against that poor Panthers D. I think he has a good game against them as well. Yep. Yep. Uh... Totally agree with those. Absolutely. Um, we have a question. Javante over Pollard now. Um, I think, I'm guessing Javante Williams. Uh, it, I would say yes. Um, yes. I, I think Pollard is going to be kind of used sparingly. And I think you're going to even see, and I would kind of consider putting Rico Doughty on my waivers as well because they're playing the Panthers now. Javante Williams has just been getting a ton of carries, and I just feel like Dak's doing it all with his arm now. It's it's just weird how Tony Pollard has kind of crawled back a little bit. He he's underperformed this year, and it's he's a great 
uh, fantasy talk right now. It, it's funny you you can you compare him to Javante Williams, who just scored a bunch of this games. I still think the the margins razor thin, though. I, I I wouldn't have a problem picking one over the other. Dave, what about you? I'm, I'm definitely going Javante Williams as well right now, but it's it's the fact that they're, they're underutilizing Tony. Pollard, they're not really giving them out in space and, and throwing them passes. Uh, they're just trying to ground them into the, just run them into the line. And their line is just horrible right now. Their, their line is aged and not that good of a line right now. So the, to get Pollard to utilize him correctly, they should be getting him in open space and just throwing him the ball like little screen passes or trying to get him the ball like that or line him up as a wide receiver too. So they're just underutilizing him. But due to that and due to the, the schedule they have and just crushing teams, uh, I don't think they're really going to run Tony Pollard at the end. They're going to just rest him. So uh, due to those two reasons, I, I definitely like Javante Williams as well. Javante Williams has been getting 20-plus carries. He had 20-plus carries again tonight. So they're, they're actually he's healthy now, and they're giving him the carries. So definitely, I think Javante Williams going forward. And I think they have a pretty good, nice schedule as well going forward. So, yes, I definitely agree with you on that one. <laughs> Vinovich just gifted the, the Broncos a 50-yard pass interference penalty. That oh was just God. so bad. The receiver stopped, and the, and, the, and the other guy turned around but just bumped him a little bit, and they just gave him the game. They just completely gave him the game on that P.I. He's just got to get a field goal. Uh, but oh, uh, can you believe this? <laughs> it's just so bad. Yeah, uh, so many falls. Uh, it, it's like you don't just decide a game on, on a receiver slowing down to come back to a ball and the defender just barely nudging him. You know, that's just – it, yeah, it, 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 it just makes no sense to me. Um, that sucks. I agree. Uh, <laughs> something's got to be fixed, hopefully, someday, you know, to keep this game integrity going here. All right, enough of my bitching. Uh, let's go to bus. Um, I think that uh, you start the bus, Dave, actually, since I started on uh, trending right. up. I don't like mixing this week against the Ravens. Ravens D has been good. Ravens team as a whole is pretty legit. Coming off a bad loss to the Browns, I think they're going to be ready to go. They're playing at Baltimore. I don't like mixing against them. Uh, receivers are kind of banged up. And, too, I don't know if he, uh, we forgot to talk about T. Higgins was out this week. So, watch, keep an eye on him. He didn't play this past week. Jamar Chase is banged up, too. So, I'm downgrading the, the Bengals offense kind of like against the Ravens. Uh, just due to the health concerns. And uh, the Ravens, D, too. I, I don't like mixing against them. Uh, and then uh, I don't like the Panthers. Any Panthers against the Cowboys. Cowboys, D, is just ridiculous here. I think they've scored more points than any other defense this year. Uh, their defense is ridiculous. You probably could bank on them having a TD this week against the Panthers just on their defense alone. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, Bryce Young is not the answer there. I don't think <laughs> he missed the field goal, bro. Oh, a flag! <laughs> wow, a flag! Of course, wow. a flag! Oh, oh no, this is crazy against the Bills. Ah. Uh. 12 men on the field. <laughs> oh, no. He ain't missing the next one. No. Unreal. That is unreal. They're going to be kicking themselves for that. That's a coaching error right there. Or a guy not getting off quick enough. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the Steelers this week against the Browns. Kenny Pickett, yeah. uh, they've been winning with him underperforming. I don't like him this week. Or I don't like Najee Harris or Jalen Warren. Uh, Browns have a good run D. I don't like that that matchup for them. Uh, the Bears, actually, the Lions have a pretty good D. I don't like the Bears this week either, depending on who's that quarterback. Uh, but I don't like Devontae Foreman or uh, Herbert, Herbert if he comes back this week. He should be back this week, though, so maybe keep an eye on him if he's out there on waivers and someone dropped him while he was injured. Uh, definitely pick him up. Uh, I do not like... The Giants against the Commander. Oh, actually, no, I, I don't mind that matchup. I don't like Tampa Bay against Frisco, though. Uh, now that they have Chase Young, their defense looked pretty scary this past week. Uh, I don't like that matchup for Tampa Bay. I'm downgrading Baker Mayfield. Uh, I don't like him against them. Rashad White, uh, I don't like really him against the 49ers tough D either. Definitely downgrading them. The Jets' offense as a whole just looked, has just looked horrible. Uh, I think the Bills, if they do lose this game tonight, are, are going to be at Buffalo next week, too. And they're going to be mad. So, and they need the win too before they go on this tough schedule that they have coming up. So, I think it's a must win for the Bills. Uh, downgrading Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson. And then the running backs to Bryce Hall. I don't like them against the Bills next week. Uh, and I do not like the Chiefs Eagles matchup. That's, that's a tough game for both of those. Both of those guys' defenses have been looking pretty good this year. So, 
Uh, Pat Mahomes, I think, will still get his. I don't like the running backs, though, for the Eagles again this week. Uh, Swift, I don't think, does much. Or Gamo, whoever's getting the carries this week. I don't like them against that tough Chiefs D. Yep, yep. That's all good stuff. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I downgraded the Mike Evans and, the, the, you know, the, anybody from Tampa playing the Niners for sure. Um, James Cook against the Jets looks bad. He kind of picked it up at the end of this game, but still nothing great. Um, I was going to say, too, yeah, keep in mind that Murray had more carries uh, going into the fourth quarter tonight than, than well, James yeah, Cook. Because so Cook, fumbled, Cook fumbled the ball in the beginning, and he was in the doghouse for like half the game. Yeah. That's what happened to him. I'm going to go Aiden O'Connell against the Dolphins. I'm not playing him against that team. That's, they're probably going to get destroyed there. Uh, Miles Sanders versus the Cowboys is a bust. Chuba Hubbard versus the Cowboys is a bust. Anybody on that team's a bust in general. <laughs> and the Panthers. Uh, Joe Mixon versus the Ravens isn't great. He, you know, And so I kind of downgrade them. But I will say that the Ravens, for the second half of games, are just giving up everything to defenses. Uh, or their defense oh, is are, giving yeah. up everything to offenses. It's been so bad. It, 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 I blew a bet because of that. You know they're up by double digits and they just choke it away. Lamar's dancing out there with the ball and they, when they should be running it, it just makes no sense. But, you know, these coaches, yeah, just, they've lost three games in the fourth quarter. They've said I can't remember what the stat was, but uh, they said that three games now that they've lost that they were ahead almost the whole entire game and they lost at the end. All right, no, I agree. I agree. It's been crazy, uh, but everybody said I agree with. Uh, I'm going to go with a nasty sleeper now, Dave, and I'm going to have to go with Joshua Dobbs, my friend, uh, against Denver. Denver's on a short week. Uh, Dobbs, you can see how Josh Allen ran over the Broncos, just that his boneheaded picks was the thing that lost them the game. Uh, I think Josh Dobbs is going to have a great game again. And you know what? They don't have a great running game because, like we said before, uh, or uh, what's-his-face got hurt, Alexander Madison, and that's why you want to pick up Miles Gaskin off the waiver wire, you know. So, um, uh, who's the number one there? Do you think is it uh, Chandler? It's Ty Chandler, yeah, Ty Chandler. But I'll tell you, that Gaskin might be getting some plays as well, and he has been on their practice squad before, so he knows their plays. So, yeah, Josh Dobbs for me, my friend. All right, I'm going with Jamar Gibbs uh, against the Bears. Uh, I know I always pick on the Bears, but I do like Jamar <laughs> Gibbs. He's been coming on the last couple weeks. Uh, he's actually looked tough. He had two t- touchdowns this past week again. So Gibbs is really looking good. Uh, he's definitely coming on as a rookie. Uh, that time while Montgomery was out, it definitely gave him a chance to get some more carries. And uh, he's definitely picking up this offense, and he's looking good in this offense. And they like running the ball in Detroit, too. So I definitely – Jamar Gibbs is going to be my D-nasty sleeper this week. Well, Jameer Gibbs is one of my up-and-coming uh, non-stars training up, too. So I agree with you. But George Play has a question. Uh, hey guys, should I trade Kenneth Walker after a big game? I'm worried about playoff schedule. Who can I target? You know, I mean, Kenneth Walker is underachieved from what he did last year. I think he still can do more. And you got the Rams now this week, which, you know, lots of holes in their defense. You're going to have the Cardinals again. Um, there's going to be some easier games on that Seahawks schedule. It just depends who you can get. I mean, I always do like to trade big players or, or underperforming players after they finally have a big game. But I just see a lot of future with him still. So you you need something big. And what do you need? You know, do you need wide receivers? Uh, do you need running backs? I, you know, I mean, you're trading a running back unless you think you can get an upgrade and get something better. I wouldn't go with a guy like Moster because Achin is coming back. You know, if you can get like Achin and a receiver from the guy, then do that because I think Achin is going to make a possibly slide back into the number one spot. So if you can be sneaky with it, maybe it's worth it. Yeah, if you can, you can get some, a couple underperforming guys right now, like say like a Watson who's not doing well right now, some guys you think might blow up the, the second half of this year, that innings may be worth training. But I, I am a big Kenny Walker fan as well, though. I do like him. I have him in several leagues. Uh, he has been solid this whole year. He hasn't. I, he's underperformed a little bit, but he's still scoring touchdowns for you, and he's still giving you fantasy points. So uh, I definitely would hang on to Kenny Walker unless you unless there's some need on your team right now. We don't really know what what your team looks like, but if you are weak at wide receiver, maybe you go after like a Jordan Addison or, or someone like that who who could do very well. Uh, with, but other than that, I really don't think I would trade him unless you you really have a need at wide receiver. Then you can maybe go after someone else like a Mike Evans or Jordan Addison, someone like that, 
or even maybe even a guy, someone else. If someone's deep at wide receiver, you can even, they may they may even have someone else that you could target. Uh, but th that's what, what I do is if you need a weak at wide receiver. Otherwise, if you're if you're just going to trade for another running back, I would just hang on to Kenny Walker because I think he, he will do well for the playoffs for you. Yeah, I mean he's got Tua, CMC, Cooper Cup, Jalen Waddle, David Njoku. I mean your your team is pretty stacked. I don't think you should make some moves. You got Lave at flex. I think Olave will still get some play because Jameis Winston's, you know, he's erratic, but he can throw the ball. I, I, I just hold on to him with that lineup. Yeah, unless, unless you can go in and get like an Andrews or Kelsey or something like that, then I would trade him. But it sounds like he's a little weak at tight end. But other than that, it sounds like his team is pretty solid. So uh, I would stand pat unless you can get like a top tight end. I think that then that's a position of need for him. Yeah, should I trade Kenneth and Olave for ETN? No, no, I would, I would stick with Kenneth Walker. ETN's good. Um, but he has been. I don't know about that one. I, I'd trade him for ETN. I'd well, trade him for and Olave. You're trading Olave and, and Walker. No, I wouldn't give both of them. I would. I would. I would just up, I would maybe them. just Kenneth. But I'll tell you this: uh, ETN's been injured in the past, and the Jaguars do have some nice matchups. So I, I, I do like ETN better, but not for Olave. I think Olave is the number one guy on the Saints, and they're going to be needing to score. No, I would not give up Olave. I mean, but if it was straight up Kenny Walker for ATN, I would do that in a heartbeat. Yes. Yeah. Maybe I'd throw in another bench receiver or something like that to make the deal happen, but not a lobby. I want to give him up. Yeah. Definitely keeping him. Good stuff. All right, Dave. Thanks so much for coming on, talking some fantasy football. If you guys have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at the Ozbreakers. Email us at info at the Have a great rest of your week and go get some winners.